I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Hannah Brown. Welcome to Gem City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. This episode is all about the first Dayton Black Pride Festival that took place on July 10th. Lake talked with Danny Thomas, who helped organize the event and was the event's MC. Lake and Danny discussed the event itself, Danny's role, creating a safe space, representation in the LGBTQ community, and intersectionality. Enjoy! Let's first start, before we kind of talk about how you, you were involved with Black Pride and kind of what your role was within Black Pride, I want to start by kind of talking about what Black Pride is, because as I've talked to people throughout the community, I run into a lot of people who just really aren't sure what that, what that means or what that event was looking like. Okay, so absolutely. Um, so Black Pride was a festival we put together, and it wasn't a, a slide at the regular Dayton Pride that happens every year. I was also involved in that. Um, but there comes a time where people, some people in our community kind of feel out of place. So Black Pride was to celebrate, you know, queer people of color, specifically Black queer people, and how they... Um, live and you know the entertainment vendors and organizations um we we wanted to do something to celebrate them and we wanted to invite everyone to come and be involved in that you know all black entertainment um it was all poc involved vendors and um things like that so it was great so why do you think that that's important to the black and brown community to have this event this event that's dedicated to supporting and lifting the voices um, of the Black queer community? Um, It's extremely important because oftentimes we're left out of the conversation. And specifically Black queer women a lot of times are really left out of um, the conversation. And it was a Black queer woman who kind of spearheaded Black pride in general. Um, You know, I was just a small component. Um, But I think it's important because I, I think we need a space and an opportunity to truly be celebrated. You know, yes, we're included in Dayton Pride, and you know, we're included to an extent. But sometimes, our culture and you know, the music we like and the entertainment we like and the things we like, it's not always included um, in those things. Absolutely, yeah, and you know, we've talked in other episodes on this podcast about just how important representation is and, and seeing yourself represented. Um, and, and so when I heard that Black Pride was happening, I, I love it. <laughs> you know, I love this idea yeah, that yeah. we're purposefully designing spaces to support very specific communities, um, you know, and, and also to lift up, you know, I like that you talk about those POC vendors to be able to lift up the vendors as well and, and, and highlight those vendors in our community. So you talked, you know, you mentioned like you had this small role in, in Black Pride. Um, what was your what was your role that day or even leading up to it? So um, I was on the planning committee, but my my specific role was the um, entertainment coordinator. So I was in charge of finding various entertainment within the Dayton area and kind of surrounding areas. 
um, that were, you know, of Black queer people. Um, so I found, you know, poets, I found um, burlesque dancers, I found drag queens, drag kings, singers, dancers, like I was looking for everybody. So that was pretty much my coordination, you know, and it wasn't just booking the entertainment, it was timing everything out. I hosted the entire event, which was fun, but exhausting itself. <laughs> but yeah, that was my role. I was just, I was the entertainment, um, I was the entertainment chair and, you know, uh, I worked with the planning committee to make everything flow together logistically. So this is the first time that this event has happened in Dayton. So as you're going, you know, and reaching out to all of these people trying to book these, these entertainers, I imagine there was like a good deal of, of some pretty interesting conversations or some, some, you know, I, I'm just curious what people's reactions were as you reached out and said, you know, Hey, we're doing this for the first time. I actually had a lot of people who were extremely excited um, because again, like I said, you know, even though we are included, um, we aren't celebrated to the extent that we feel we should be. And so hearing that there's going to be a black, you know, queer pride happening in the Dayton area like that's that's huge it's big because it's never been a thing before and uh I am just extremely happy that it was received so well you know that's great and so you were actually on stage hosting and emceeing the the actual day right I was <laughs> so how did that feel I mean you know you're used to being on on the stage and you're used to you know kind of being in the spotlight per se, in these events, but how did it feel being up there? Um, it felt absolutely incredible because it was different than just being on stage, you know? Um, being on stage at a bar and things like that, it's it's fun, um, but I've been doing that for 13 years. Um, I actually felt like I got to be a part of history, hosting, you know, the first, you know, Black Pride in, in Dayton. And I am extremely honored that, you know, um, I was chosen for that role. You know, because, uh, I mean, there are several um, extremely entertaining um, POC entertainers in this community who uh, would have been amazing hosts for this. So for me to be able to be the one that I got to do, it was absolutely amazing. That's great. Yeah, I, I've got to imagine that was a really powerful, um, a really powerful emotional feeling, right, to be able to to be in that space. Oh my gosh, like I, it, I smiled the entire day. Like, I mean, it was hot. I was sweating. I was in full drag. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can just picture how great that looked, right? Uh, <laughs> but I smiled the entire time and had so much fun because it none of it mattered, you know? Um, I was in a predominantly Black area hosting a Black queer pride full of POC entertainers and I like, I, I, it was just, it's hard to even describe. Like, it was just amazing. Hi, this is Adrian Miller, Executive Director for the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton. I am excited to let you know that this year's friendship event honoring humanitarians will be held at the Levitt Pavilion on September 28th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. We are planning a fun, free evening of local entertainment, diversity trivia, food trucks, and of course, honoring our local humanitarians. We look forward to having you join us for this exhilarating event. 
So, and I'm trying to piece this together. Um, it seems like a really interesting position that you're in because you're coming to this environment where, you know, first of all, this is a supportive environment, but you're also somebody who's responsible for creating that supportive environment. Um, you know, so it seems like an interesting position to simultaneously be benefiting from that supportive nature, but also being someone who has part of the responsibility of shaping what that, what that culture and what that environment um, of the actual event looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, creating safe spaces and spaces for people kind of has been my nature in life in general. Um, and I like, I, and back in college, you know, um, when I was a part of Bright Signal Alliance at Sinclair, shout out, hey, I love them. Um, but, you know, it's kind of where a little bit of uh, that started because I was a safe space coordinator. And, you know, I was training faculty and staff on how to make their classrooms more safe for LGBTQ students. Um, so I've always had a love for doing that. Um, and having that responsibility sometimes can seem overwhelming because you don't, I don't, I don't fully understand every community that I'm not a part of, you know, because when you talk about the black queer community, there's trans, there's non-binary, there's, there's all these elements that, you know, I don't fully ever, I don't fully understand mm -hmm. to, to an extent. So creating those spaces sometimes, you know, you have to really make sure you're doing your research and doing your homework and making sure that you're not just taking you're not just taking all the responsibility on yourself you're having those conversations because if you don't include them in the conversation you're not going to be able to create a safe space for them absolutely so part of even this event in itself was making sure that the planning process was inclusive and that you were purposely bringing all of those different voices to the table right um, absolutely which i think um, over this last year we've seen in a lot of environments has not been the case yeah, it, it has not been, you know, and um, I talk about this a lot, you know, when I started in drag 13 years ago, um, it was extremely whitewashed. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was, I mean, there were black and brown performers sprinkled in the mixes. Um, but, you know, I can, you know, remember a lot of times seeing shows where there were all white queens. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and that's okay, you know, they, they, they were very seasoned entertainers. They worked hard. It, it, it's not anything like that, but there are also black entertainers who a lot of times I felt got overlooked. And, um, you know, some might deny that that's a thing, but being an outsider looking in, especially being new, I, I was very aware of it. And I watched it. I can remember <laughs> being in show. I can remember being booked for shows sometimes and being the only black queen and, um, you know, that was their diversity. And I'm like, that's not diverse. You know, me, one black entertainer, first, because there's also black drag kings, there's, you know, non-binary entertainers, there's all this in, in the mix. So um, I think the representation that's lacked is definitely getting much better. I think for some reason uh, in 2020 to 2021, like people are, really stepping up and putting their money where their mouth is because um, I think black and brown performers have are starting to demand it, you know? And, and something that occurs to me, you know, I work with, with youth every day in my, in my life. And I know you volunteer with us helping, you know, with some of these youth programs um, is what these youth are seeing, right. Is 
is the representation, particularly as it pertains to um, our LGBTQ plus youth of color. Um, and, and I wonder, you know, is that something that that you were consciously thinking of as this event was happening is like, what, what are our young people seeing as they grow up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's always in the back of my mind. You know, something that I've always said as an entertainer, I would, um, I would always say, you know, I want to inspire um, young people, especially young people of color, that, you know, no matter how the cards are stacked against you, you can do or be whatever you want. You just, you know, you got to work a little extra harder, unfortunately. Um, and so I just know that showing all types of entertainment and starting with the youth, like, that helps them be able to see people that look like them and let them know, like, you know, just in case there is that young um, queer person out there who is afraid, you know, it's letting them know, like, there are people who not only are like you, but look like you as well, because that's extremely important. Absolutely. You know, we, no, I was going to say, you know, we go through, um, we go through so much, you know, being black and then adding being queer and black onto that is a whole different ball game so it's extremely important you know and we talk a lot about intersectionality at nccj and i've certainly mentioned intersectionality um you know on this podcast before um but can you talk about some of that intersectionality and you know um how these intersections of, of being a person of color and also being a person in the lgbtq plus community can um can almost make a unique identity in itself. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I learned real quick uh, that you know being black and being queer was a whole different ball game because um, unfortunately homophobia in the black community is really rampant. And you know um, I'm a huge activist for both my communities, the black community and the queer community, and sometimes you know, the, they do intertwine. I always say, you can't say Black Lives Matter unless all Black lives are included. And I truly mean that. And so um, a lot of times you feel like you're kind of like the the Black sheep or you're the outsider because, you know, for, for a lot of times with Black men, especially, we are expected to be masculine and we're taught don't cry. And, you know, I can remember growing up and being... Uh, teased a lot because you know not only was I dark-skinned but I was also feminine and you know people made fun of me and I went to a predominantly black elementary school and that's where a lot of the teasing happened that's where the bullying I, I faced happened the most um, so it was really hard but at the end of the day you know growing up still seeing the, the treatment of you know unarmed black men when it comes to police brutality, um, I still felt like no matter what black or queer, how my upbringing was, I still have a responsibility to my community. Absolutely, uh, and I'm curious, you know, as you talk about this, was there was there any pushback as you started to have these conversations of of having a Black Pride event? Um. You know, I didn't get a lot of pushback necessarily, um, mainly because, you know, I, the people I was contacting were black and brown performers, so they were ecstatic. So there wasn't a lot of pushback. Um, I had one entertainer who, you know, they talked about the location that we were having at, but, you know, I was like, well, why would we not, why, why would we have a black queer pride in any other area than in the black community? That's where a lot of us grew up. That's where we 
that that's that those are our roots so absolutely it needed to be there because that's what we know um you know i'm not gonna take it and have it in center you know like and you know that's no disrespect but that's just that's not my community that's not where i grew up absolutely yeah that makes sense making sure that these events are happening in the community um you know it, I, I think is incredibly important so so i want to kind of close um with as you look back at black pride and the, the the time that you had is there a favorite memory or a moment in particular that stands out to you from that day you know the moment that i i can i can remember i was actually performing and i saw like um there were three little girls who were having the time of their lives and they all came up with the dollars and they tipped me and there's something about a child with a dollar tipping a drag queen because when i started 13 years ago i thought i'd never see a child being able to see a drag performer perform but as time has changed it's changed and i can remember like almost like tearing up because i'm like oh my gosh not only is this black pride happening but we have black youth out here who is seeing this and you know i can remember growing up you know, I, I was not around anyone that was remotely queer. So um, it was just, I can remember that special moment being really, really good for me and really heartfelt. That's awesome. Yeah, as we can see the youth, I mean, that's how change happens. The, for those mm-hmm. for those three students, for those three kids, like this is normal for them. You know, they're not gonna think anything else of it. Um, and to think, this was the first Black Pride. I would assume this is not the last Black Pride that Dayton will Absolutely have. Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> we are having, we are, at, as long as I'm breathing, I will try my best <laughs> to make sure that it happens. I mean, I'll tell you, Chris Goodwin, who um, was the woman who spearheaded the entire thing, I actually heard about it through a friend and I reached out to her. Um, you know, she is extremely passionate about it. I mean, she, she did the groundwork to really get everything. She got the permits and all that stuff. So I just want to give a huge shout out to her because like I said, Black queer women are often left out of the conversation. And I think it's important to highlight that she like really, really did her thing. So I'm really proud of her for that. Yeah. Well, awesome. Danny, is there anything that you want to add about Black Pride? Um. Yeah, actually, this is, it, it, it's funny. This came up a lot. You know, I had a lot of non- Black people asking if it was appropriate, you know, if they attended Black Pride or how they could be a part. Here's the thing. Um, Black, the point of Black Pride is to celebrate queer Black people. And if you feel like queer Black people should be celebrated, then it's a no-brainer. You need to be a Black Pride. Um, that's for everybody. And I hope that in the next coming years, it grows and we see a lot more attendance. And uh, I'm just really excited I'm really glad that you said that, Danny. I know um, in a lot of my circles, you know, everyone in my life really went to Pride, you know, in in June, but I know not as many people went to to Black Pride. Um, And I know a lot of the white people in my life were asking that that same question to me. Should we be there? Is it is it appropriate to be there? Is do they want us to be there? Right. Um, And so I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that you put it in such a simplistic way that makes so much sense, right? If we yeah. want to lift those voices up, we have a responsibility, right? 
Exactly. You know, lift them. Don't don't just talk about doing it. Be about it. Um, being complicit is not going to get us anywhere. You know, um, and I always say, and I and I use this analogy. I, I say, people will go out and celebrate Cinco de Mayo all day and drink and have a good time, but then question whether or not there should be a Black Pride. And I've never understood that logic. <laughs> That's a great. That is a great example. Like yeah, I you know and um. You know, and that's not me trying to be disrespectful or rude to anybody, but that's just me saying, like, I need you to think about that, you know, like, think about what you're asking. Yeah, that's great. Well, here's here's what I want to close with, Danny, if it's okay, um, is as a, a Black individual, a Black person who's part of the LGBTQ community, what is something that someone can do to be an ally to you? Absolutely. The best thing um, that you can do to be an ally to me is to listen, to learn, not just to respond. And what I mean by that is when a Black person is explaining why something is racist or why something is offensive, don't listen to get your next response to combat why. Listen to really hear them and learn why, because that's the true definition of an ally, someone who wants to be by your side to help you and uplift you through the experiences that they don't quite go through or quite understand. Love that. Great. Well, Danny, I really appreciate you coming on Gym City Diversity today and sharing um, your story of being involved in Black Pride. Um, We just really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me and uh, this has been fantastic and I can't wait, you know, for the future of Black Pride and everything like that. And you specifically, uh, like, thank you so much. You are, you are the definition of an ally, you know, using your platform to, you know, give me a voice to be able to speak to my experience with this huge um, event in my life is uh, fantastic. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our episode on Dayton Black Pride. Join us next week for our next episode. And remember, we want to hear your voice. Do you have a topic you'd like to hear about on Gem City Diversity? Do you have an experience or story to share? Recommend a topic or get in touch with us for an interview at www.nccjgreaterdayton.org slash podcast.